You are listening to episode 33 of the Less Stress, More Fun podcast, Freedom and Control. You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. I'm your host, certified coach Lisa Schwaller. Each week, we talk about how you can rise above the stress of modern living so that you can focus your energy on what matters most. All right, let's get started. Well, hello, hello. Today, we're going to come in here and talk about freedom and control. So, uh, Sweet Dog Bailey is in the podcast room with me today, and it's just fun because I think (laughs) uh, I had invited her in. I said, hey, podcast dog, are you going to come in with me? And she was in the couch. She's like, no, I'm very busy laying down over here. But then she exercised her freedom to come in. I came up with this topic because my coaching sessions seem to come in clusters. It's not uncommon for me to have a few sessions from different people where a theme seems to be emerging. And I'm always very grateful to that because it's fantastic material for this podcast. I've been hearing the word freedom in a lot of my sessions with clients. And since freedom, the desire for freedom, The definition of freedom can be such a source of playfulness and stress. I thought we should talk about it. So let's break it down. Today, I'm going to share my perspective on control and freedom, and then we'll talk a little bit about why I think humans crave it. We'll talk about why revealing your thoughts to yourself about what control and freedom mean can be a wonderful path to reducing your stress and having more genuine play in your life. And then, of course, I'm all about decision-making, so we'll talk about how you can use decisive decision-making to boost your sense of freedom and control. Wonderful. Well, let's start by defining terms, shall we? I looked up the dictionary definition for this episode, and control is defined as to have power over, or as it relates to regulation, to exercise, restraining, or directing influence over. For example, laws control the speed limit. The government controls the taxis levied. You control the house rules for any kids who live in your home that you have legal care for. And you control what you eat, wear, and do with your body. If you're a free person, I mean, let's assuming maybe you're not wearing prison orange jumpsuit today. Now let's look at the definition of freedom. This term is defined as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. It's also defined as liberation from restraint or from the power of another. And it's also defined as unrestricted use. So freedom means having self-control, yes? Oh, and I love that phrase, unrestricted use. I think that's a good name for something like a cosmetics line or a band. (laughs) Now, why in the world would humans want freedom and control? What's interesting is our, our brains, we like to use our dopamine to move forward, but we also like certainty. We like making predictions, our brains do. What's interesting is, obviously, 
social scientists have been studying the psychology of choice for decades. And businesses love helping to fund studies like that because, after all, information on what moves a human to action is essential for selling us more stuff, right? And at the same time, obviously, um, brain science, neurology has really expanded in my lifetime. It's astounding. And they study the brain's actual capacity to hold information. Put another way, they study our brain's ability to hold open loops for choices. There was a study once about jam. <laughs> they were they were asking, do supermarket consumers want to have six choices of jam or 24? Now, if you ask people, people will say, oh, yes, more the better. But in practice, they're actually more likely to make a decision when there is less choice. I think people do crave freedom, and yet sometimes we feel very uncomfortable when we have an unlimited supply of it. So that's that example of, we like the idea of having 24 flavors of jam to select, but when presented with it, our brains, they, they aren't quite sure what to do with it. And how I see this in coaching is that people almost visibly seem to short circuit when they realize that they have the power to choose just about anything in their life. And when we realize that we have the power to choose how we react to everything in our life, at least maybe not the initial reaction, but our subsequent choice. It's a paradox. This desire for freedom colliding with our brain's desire to make the right choice instead of the wrong choice. You can choose anything, anything, and people start to panic. Freedom is defined as unrestricted use, after all, which is not a certain or comfortable place to be all the time. Yet it's far preferable to someone else exerting control over our lives, right? This creates that paradox like I was talking about, since most of our thinking is subsurface, which is beneath the conscious level, we integrate other people's cultural choices, other people's opinions about life into our thinking patterns as we develop from children to adults. And yet, most people tend to rebel when we're aware of another person's choice exerting control over us. We like autonomy. We like the sense that we have control over our destiny. To think that life is totally random and out of our control is a very uncomfortable interpretation of life for most of us. In fact, I've observed that people often come to coaching to get control over their life or over themselves in some form or fashion, whether that's to develop new habits or get rid of old habits or get control over relationships. You know, people are trying to control the relationship with their career or control the relationship with their partner or their kids or, you know, their Oreo habit. And we love this idea that not only can we learn to control ourselves, but we use all kinds of fancy words to describe control over others. We might call it leadership or influence or connection or parenting or partnership. But, you know, basically, it's just the desire to change another person's behavior so we feel good. And that comes up all the time in my practice with people. 
Yeah, so that's how brains are doing. That is how the brains are handling life and trying to exercise our desire for freedom and control. So this is happening. Now what? Let's take it down to you personally. With all of that theory aside, how do the concepts of control and freedom show up in your own mind and your life? When I say control, how does your body feel? When I say freedom, how does your body feel? And think about your own life. On balance, are you happy with the amount of control you feel over your life? And do you feel like you have the freedom that you want? In general, do you feel autonomous? Ooh, that's a juicy term, autonomous. Some people crave that, the autonomy over how their day flows or decisions that they make. And some people really prefer structure and clean direction from an outside authority. Things get very perplexing and interesting when you look at different preferences. And I thought this would be a good time to introduce Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies Framework. She's a writer who explores many of the same topics that I do, such as happiness, habits, and why we do what we do or don't do what we don't do. She has a personality framework that's based on her observation. Now, I will tell you that it's not scientific, and no, please don't use a tendency label as an excuse for why you do and don't do certain things. I love frameworks like this because they can serve as a jumping-off point for our self-awareness and and for exploration. With that disclaimer aside, here are the tendencies. I'm going to cover them at a very high level and connect them to the concept of freedom and control. But we're not going to deep dive into the tendencies today. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a standalone podcast on it. Now, this is my interpretation from working with people who I observe have certain tendencies. The first tendency and the most common is obligers. These are the people who resist expectations that they set for themselves, but will meet them if made for other people. So they may not work out if they put it on the calendar, but if they know they're meeting a friend, they won't let their friend down. From a freedom and control perspective, this shows up in feeling like, I have to do things for other people. And sometimes it'll show up as I never get to do things for myself. In fact, Gretchen Rubin talks about the obliger rebellion of this, like, I never get what I want because I'm always serving and sacrificing. And then they'll uh, rebel. (laughs) It's a funny concept. The second tendency are the questioners. And questioners are most likely to meet personal expectations for themselves, and they'll initially resist others. Now, this is mostly because they seek to understand. They must agree with the expectations set and feel like they have opted in. When their questions are resolved and they agree, they will get on board. But if they don't agree or they don't yet understand, They will ask questions and questions and questions, and this will seem like resistance when you're on the receiving end of a questioner seeking to understand. But as it relates to freedom and control, that is the questioner's primary mode for exercising their personal control and that sense of freedom 
is I'm not going to do anything unless I'm on board with it, unless I understand and agree. Just because you say doesn't mean I will. Then third tendency are upholders. And these are the people who meet expectations they set for themselves. And if what they ask of themselves happens to support the expectations to others, fantastic. In this case, in this tendency, their I have to thoughts come from a strong sense that there's someone who does what they say and say what they do, even when it no longer makes sense for them to do so. They tend to feel most in control of themselves when they feel like they are saying yes to something. They like to say yes, and when they say yes, that is a yes. And sometimes the that sense of controlling of I've said yes, and I'm not free because I said yes. Sometimes when I work with people like this, I'm like, well, you know, you can say no. And, and yet sometimes they don't feel free to. Now, the final tendency are our rebels. They do not like to feel their sense of freedom, their sense of self-controlled. They don't want that to be restrained by anyone, including themselves. Rebels are the least common tendency. Rebel tendencies can show up in very interesting ways. Remember that definition of freedom, unrestricted use? Ugh, that's a beautiful phrase for describing rebel tendency. They uh, go through life unrestricted. And, and what's interesting for them is they sometimes, this will show up in coaching where they're like, I want to get control of this habit, but I don't like anyone telling me what to do, even me. Sometimes with rebel tendencies, we have to get very creative. It's very fun. When you listen to these tendencies, which one sounds like you? And how does your, maybe your preference for what you'll say yes to and why inform how freedom and control shows up in your behaviors. Now let's move on to our final section, which is decisive decision-making to boost your own sense of freedom and control. The best way to achieve the level of freedom and control that you want is, well, just first of all, defining what those terms mean for you. You get to decide. What does freedom look like in your life? What does control look like in your life? What do you want? How do you want to interpret what's happening? Maybe sometimes you don't feel free, but it's something where you're like, oh, upon reflection, I actually am forgetting that there are a lot of ways I am free. Big picture. Think about your life and how you want to show up to work in relationships, parenting, taking care of your mind and your body. And ask yourself, what do I want? What do I, what do I want to create? And thinking about in your future, what do you want to create as it relates to freedom and control in your future? And try to avoid bringing in your past history. The future is before you, and it's formed with every tiny and huge decision that you make for yourself. You make decisions about your identity. So decide decisively how you want to define your opinion of how free you are, how in control you are. Most people crave these things, but they let their minds thinking shut down their options. Your mind offers thoughts all day long, and it will, 
It's supposed to. It's a good thing. But when it's like, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel overwhelmed. All of these types of thoughts are relinquishing freedom and control. And then just ask yourself, what if that's not true at all? And what if I'm more free and more in control than I can even imagine? Viktor Frankl, in his famous book, Man's Search for Meaning, wrote, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Isn't that beautiful? I think uh, people who have read that book are really moved by this idea that even despite the most horrific of circumstances, there's always freedom of mind. There is freedom of mind as long as you're conscious and have a healthy thought process, right? So now I want to share the lyrics from my favorite song from 1990. This song is by the Soup Dragons, and it's named I'm Free. And the song says, don't be afraid of your freedom, freedom. And they sing, I'm free to do what I want any old time. And I just, (laughs) uh, I love that song so much. I still love it because I would encourage you, don't be afraid of your freedom. And with that, let's move into the Coach Lisa homework portion of the podcast. First, consider yourself free to take the Four Tendencies quiz. The link is in the show note. Reflect on whether this Tendencies framework is helpful for seeing how your thinking about freedom and control may be practiced in routine, and it might be worth just putting time on your calendar to journal about what you want to create in the future? Are there areas where you want to be free to explore, free to see yourself differently? Don't be afraid of your freedom because you're free to do what you want any old time. And you're free to become someone completely different tomorrow if you decide to be. Whatever happened to you before today you know what? That's just water under the bridge. It's just things that happen that are literally gone, 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 gone. And the future isn't here yet. But if you had a choice between deciding what's in your past or living into your future, where do you think you have the most control? Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying what you're learning, I'd love to have you as a member of the Less Stress, More Fun community on Facebook. Join me there to continue the conversation from the podcast. Plus, you'll get access to things I share only with community members. I'll talk to you next week.